Boyhood friends, Ron and Dave. I mean, Ron and Delbert. I'm just kidding. Here's Ronna and Donna. <laughs> hey, you guys, what's going on? Welcome to episode 359 now of the Ron and Don Show, and we're live from the Lush Rod Studio. What is up, Ron and Don Nation? Hey, coming up on the Ron and Don Show, we're going to talk a little bit about why things feel so inflated as the stock market takes a little dive and how does that affect us in the real estate world also by the time you've heard this we've just had the nfc and the afc championship games but a lot of people are talking about changing the overtime rules in the nfl as uh, we've just seen some pretty incredible football over the past couple weeks before we get to that though let's get to this love them hate them agree with them he has the most successful podcast right now uh, some would say in the entire world, and it's Joe Rogan. Along with that, he has the ear of a lot of people and a lot of folks, even great athletes like Aaron Rodgers. In fact, Aaron Rodgers from the Green Bay Packers said that's where he gets his medical advice from is the Joe Rogan show. Rogan, of course, you know him from UFC, uh, you know him from reality-based television shows. People enjoy him as a stand-up comedian, and now his podcast makes over a 100 million dollars a year how about that we've seen all the money go from terrestrial radio and tv and being piled right now into digital and podcasts like the joe rogan experience that hundred million dollar number is actually believed to be the contract that he got with spotify not necessarily per year but that hundred million dollar number is for the to purchase the entire podcast basically. well and what that means is that podcast generates more than 100 million dollars because if you're paying the host 100 million dollars over five years then you're probably paying him a percentage of what the podcast actually makes which is probably eight to ten percent which is pretty high because usually you make about seven percent so that's pretty cool right there so it must generate hundreds of millions of dollars if not billions of dollars so enter neil young he has now said I'm sure in some of the same platforms as Joe Rogan. I don't enjoy that. Pull my music. And so that's exactly what Spotify is doing right now. Uh, some people are standing up and saying, hey, even though I don't agree with Joe Rogan, this is all about free speech. Other people will say, no, it's about misinformation or it's about Neil Young's rights. Uh, Ron, what say you? Uh, this is an interesting one. So to, to give a little context, Spotify, uh, I believe, is a Swedish company. And a couple of years ago, um, they went all in on podcasting. So there was a company called Gimlet, which um, was a spinoff of some old NPR people. They purchased that company for uh, uh, over $100 million. Then they turned to Joe Rogan, who had, as you said, one of, if not the most popular podcast in terms of total downloads. And they did this deal that, that you just mentioned and the, the they're they're not telling us exactly the structure of the deal, but that's where that hundred million dollars comes from. Some it's hundred million dollars over some point of time. So what they're trying to do is to get people to only listen to this stuff on Spotify because if you want a Beyonce song, you can listen to that anywhere. 
If you want to listen to the new Adele record, it's on all the platforms. So what they're trying to do is say, hey, is there stuff that we can wall off from the other platforms that'll just be Spotify things? And we see this in all streaming, whether it's Netflix or Hulu or what's the you watch Yellowstone, like it's only available on Peacock or whatever that. Yeah, it's called is. Unduplicated Talent. You can or unduplicated uh, content. You can only get it in one place, which means hopefully leverage wise, those platforms can charge more because you can't get it anywhere else. So, so they are. Um, so th- this is where Neil Young comes in. So he he said to Spotify. You can't, he goes, it's either Rogan or me, because there were a hundred doctors that came out about a specific episode of Joe Rogan and said, this is demonstrably false information. Spotify, we are calling on you as a, as a hundred different doctors across all these disciplines to at least remove this episode. This episode could lead to the loss of life. We can prove scientifically the information in this show is wrong. Spotify did not remove that episode. And when it came down to choosing between Neil Young's music or Joe Rogan's podcast, they chose Rogan. So in their stance is the same stance that technology companies have always had, uh, which I used to believe in like 15, 20 years ago. I, I was a hundred percent in this camp and I've moved. Uh, from this philosophical position. And the position is, hey, man, we're just the platform. We're a technology company. We're building a platform. I'm a computer programmer, CEO. I don't want to be the judge of of information. Like, who am I? I? I just built a, I had an idea to make a streaming service. I'm in the streaming service business. I'm not in the referee business on what is true and what's not true. That's been the position of all technology companies, Facebook, Google, MySpace, what Twitter, whatever. They're like, hey, we're the platform business. We're not in the truth business. And so this has been the argument of our age of like, if there is something, if, 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 if that's what this new movie, I don't know if you've seen Don't Look Up is all about, where it's like, if you can see with your own eyes, this new movie on Netflix, where there's an asteroid's going to hit the earth. And so the scientists are saying, look up, you can see the freaking asteroid. And the politicians are saying, don't look up. That's and they have Leonardo these, DiCaprio. Yeah, Leonardo DiCaprio. So they have these big rallies, uh, the don't look up rallies, until the asteroid hits the Earth. Spoiler alert if you haven't seen the show. Uh, but it's, it's, a, it's a satire of where we're at right now. And philosophically, 20 years ago, I didn't understand how powerful these algorithms are. I didn't understand how much of an echo chamber it can create. And so, yes, this whole free thinker movement, I get it, that you want to be skeptical, that you want to question authority, that you want to be independent, that you want to be your authentic self, as Aaron Rodgers goes on and on about. That doesn't mean, in my mind, that you have the right to take something that is provably false, like the election was stolen, or like uh, you know a drug result is opposite of what it actually is of saying this, uh, you know, John Stockton, Gonzaga, <laughs> tens of thousands of athletes have died from, from the vaccination. It's just not true. It's not, he can't point to any evidence or any facts that it's true. It's just something that he heard 
from some other guy on some other website or podcast and then he parrots that and now it's out in the popular culture because he's john stockton or he's joe rogan or he's aaron Rodgers, or fill in the blank of who we, your we, star is we heard about this with bob Saget's death and i had people in my thread that started talking about how he died because he took the vaccine and those people i used to try to meet in the middle and and now i just i just block and just kind of move on because because i don't want to read it there's no change in their mind and i'm just not going to invest the energy of trying to change somebody's mind on 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 something like that and so, so it, it it is disheartening that no technology company wants to step up and say there is truth of the capital t and even facebook I saw, facebook took out a full page ad i think in the seattle times last week in the sunday paper it's like this is how many, how we're protecting you, and they go on this full page thing of like how many millions of fake news stories that they they su- su- suppress every week or whatever it was. Did they do that as Meta or is this Facebook? I think it was Facebook, and it's like really, this is your full page ad when when <laughs> I don't know. So it, it, it's enraging because uh, at the end of the day, you want to go, hey, could you make? 10% less money and have these demonstrably untrue things taken off. It's your because platform. it's because per, uh, percentage wise, the misinformation and the traveling of that misinformation. And it's the reason why they kept the former president on the platform for so long is he allotted for 33% of their com- content or the conversations. So the content and those conversations make a lot of money. And it's one of the reasons why these platforms don't want to walk away from it. So let, let me ask you, because it's taking 33% off your bottom line would be a lot, right? So uh, final question for you, what, what changed your mind or what, what changed your stance? Because I, I remember we were on terrestrial radio and you would always say, hey, it's, it's in essence, it's not the gun. It's the person holding the gun or who owns the gun or decided to do something nefarious with the gun. Guns in themselves are not evil. And I think you felt the same way about these big companies. It's well, how back, people, back in the day, it's it how was people like, decide to use uh, this information. But the platform itself, you thought was exempt, I think. right? Yeah. Back in the day, the one, the story that I remember is, is on uh, when it was backpage.com. It was like, Hey, is Craigslist responsible for every encounter that happens if someone uh, is posting a, you know, a prostitution ad on their platform? And my answer back then was no. It's like, how is, how is Craigslist going to monitor what every single person behaves uh, if they meet someone on a platform? And, 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 but now it's different. Craigslist didn't have a, a, an algorithm that was, in my mind, like, they're just a platform. In my mind, it was now a situation where these algorithms are steering people. Like they are cultivating paranoia. They are cultivating uh, misinformation. If, if you start clicking, and this has been proven, like there have been uh, universities that create a, a dummy account that's like, Don O'Neill, he's this old, he makes this amount of money. You fill out the profile, you interact like a normal person would, and you start clicking on these misinformation, paranoid, conspiracy theory type of posts. And it's something like within 10 days, it is sending you nonstop. Your newsfeed is nonstop conspiracy, 
nonstop paranoia, inviting you to join groups that become more and more and more radicalized. Uh, and that happens under the hood at something like Facebook. So the algorithm itself is, is, is radicalizing people. And so that's why, in my mind, it's changed. Yeah, and, 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 and I think we can just wrap it here. If you go back to Craigslist, where do you draw the line? Because, for instance, the majority of baby strollers and bikes that are stolen in the city of Seattle, the nice ones are trucked down to Portland, and they're all put on Craigslist. So is that Craigslist's fault for allowing criminals to have a place to sell baby strollers and bikes that they steal in Green Lake or American Lake? Or are they just the platform providing the service for the criminal to sell our stuff that's been stolen? And that is the slippery slope. But I don't think we should be afraid to have these conversations and have these conversations in a civil manner and to all remain open without taking a stance and I immediately know that somebody's not open when they give me all the talking points and they don't ask me questions and they're not curious about what I think and they're not curious about how I came to the conclusions that I came to. I see people doing that in social media and trying to do that. And I think that's the key, you guys, is having these conversations with people that will meet you in the middle. And for people that won't, they're just going to have to die. We'll see you on the other side of this. It's just like talking to a longtime friend. They are so fun and they were so fun to work with. When it comes to your real estate journey, you need an expert team and a playbook. The Ron and Don Playbook. It all starts with the Ron and Don sit down. I think the expertise provided by Ron and Don is really something I haven't seen before. I've bought probably a half a dozen properties over my lifetime. So I was just so impressed at how all in they were from the very beginning. They knew what we were going to need to do in order to get the house that I wanted. And they were absolutely committed to making that happen for me. So responsive. And I would hear from them if they needed something for me immediately. If I called them, they would answer. They were super responsive. Uh, Dawn was a bit of a magician, being that like there was things that nobody knew the answers to. It was remarkable, and I would get the call, hey, I was able to get the plans, the plans that if we don't get, we don't buy this house. And I get the call, and there's four boxes of plans. It was amazing. The sale price was 55K over ask, and that just blew us away. We were absolutely ecstatic. Thanks to their skill to negotiate, we are so grateful and so happy and so pleased. They were a thousand percent instrumental in making this deal happen and making sure we closed on time and that I was able to get into my dream condo. I'm just absolutely thrilled. I mean, I knew that this was going to be hard to find and we did it so quickly and got just the perfect house in exactly where I needed it to be at a price that I feel really good about. So I could not be happier with my experience. I really felt like I could, could trust them. They made some promises on some things mm -hmm. that, and they delivered on it with no questions mm -hmm. asked, you know, and they came through. I absolutely recommend Ron and Don for your real estate transactions or just a cup of coffee and a sit down. Ready to get in the game? Get your playbook and schedule your Ron and Don sit down now at ronanddonsitdown.com. Follow us on the social media platforms. Just search for Ron Upshaw or Don O'Neill. All right, you guys, welcome back to the Ron and Don Show. Again, we're licensed brokers at Windermere. If you need us, now is a great time to buy, sell, invest. We are here for you. 
here comes a very strong spring market. Just reach out. We've written books called The Buyer's Playbook and Seller's Playbook. It's an ebook. Uh, we'll buy you a cup of coffee. You can sit down virtually, read it, and then let's get together for a 45-minute conversation and talk about your real estate journey. And if you ever thought about selling, now is the time to sell because we are in a very unique place uh, oh in gosh. this market that I don't think lasts uh, the rest of the year. So, And I also want to mention my... My last comments where I said people are just going to have to die. I don't mean that somebody has to kill them. What I mean is it's like the Burgermeister Meister Burger uh, in the 1967 Rankin back, back, back classic that I love watching with my son during Christmas. Uh, a year without Santa Claus and Santa Claus coming to town. The Burgermeister Meister Burgers, the Meister Burger just kind of had to die off is the way that the... Uh, that the little Christmas show explains what happened to the Meisterburgers who did not like Santa Claus. So I just think sometimes men my age and older, we stop listening, we're not curious. For some reason, women are. As they get older, I see this with my mom. Super curious, super interesting. Uh, loves having uncomfortable conversations. But a lot of the older men in my life don't. So that's why I'm lucky to have someone like Ron have the uncomfortable and hopefully you're doing that too. So I just wanted to clarify that. Uh, let's get to this. Let's talk about the NFL. Uh, Ron, you've worked with the Cowboys. You work with the Raiders. You work with the Seahawks. A lot of NFL franchises. We got to stand on a lot of sidelines. We did the Coach John Gruden show in 97, 98 when we worked in the Bay on the Ticket 1050 Raiders radio. Uh, we did the Touchdown Tim Brown show, who's now a Hall of Famer. Uh, we've interviewed people like Jerry Jones and Mike Ditka. Uh, Who hung up on you. Yeah, and we started to sing the, the, yeah. the Super Bowl shuffle. Yeah, did uh, Buckus back in the day? We got to interview some of the greats. Anyway, uh, what are, what is your thoughts? And I don't know what happened this past weekend because we're we're taping this before the championship games. But I think we'll all harken back to that game that we saw between the Chiefs and also uh, when we look at the Bills, the, the Bills, the Buffalo Bills. We look at that game, the Buffalo Bills, with the number one defense in the NFL, uh, got a little throttled towards the end of the game. And let me tell you why. It's because when you're on defense, you're playing the whole game backwards. You're playing backwards against world-class athletes that can run anywhere between 19 and 27 miles an hour forward. And you're playing backwards. You don't know the play. You've studied film. The team on the other side, they're playing forward. They know the play. They can change the play at any time. And the game has been rigged for them to score and to not just kick field goals, but to score touchdowns. So at some point, that defense is going to break down. That's exactly what happened in that game. I don't care if you say you're the, you're, you're the best defense in all the world. At some point against Patrick Mahomes, you are in number 10 especially, you're going to break down. And I think it's one of the reasons why it's important I would love to see both teams have a chance to touch the ball and if it's still a tie after that, then to go to sudden death. But I didn't agree with one team getting the ball, going down, scoring a touchdown, and then it was over for the Bills. One of the greatest games we ever watched with one of the worst endings I've ever seen. What's your thoughts? Well, this has been an evolution. It used to be uh, that it was sudden death straight away. And so if you go back, I don't know how many years it's been, but when you and I were kids watching the NFL – if it was a tie game, you flipped a coin. Whoever got that coin flipped, the first one to score, the game was over. So then they changed it to this current format 
uh, because college had made some changes where both teams get to, I believe in college, both teams start at the 25 or whatever, or the 30, Correct. and, and then uh, each team gets a possession. Mm-hmm. So they, they saw that and how popular it was. and like, okay, we need to change the rules uh, for the NFL. But what, what's at the spirit of this? The spirit of this is fairness, saying, hey, if your season or your game, because each game has so much riding on it, unlike the other major sports, you know, there's 82 games in basketball. If you lose a Thursday night game against the Lakers, kind of not that big a deal if you're an elite team. Yeah, or when cool. you're in the playoffs, it's a best of seven series. So you can you can lose a game if you're if you're not on that night and still come back and win the series. Same with baseball. Uh, same with hockey. Like the hockey playoffs are going to start here soon and be going till next June. <laughs> like they just never end. Yeah. And so in the NFL. There's only 17 games, soon to be 18 in my opinion, Mm. and each game is a sudden death game when it comes to the playoffs. So what we're talking about here is what is fair to these athletes and to these fans uh, and to the league. And the prevailing wisdom for uh, almost 100 years was sudden death. You could have won the game in regulation had you won the game. So this is sort of the the stance of the, the NFL's always had. There's a way to win the game. And that would be to score more points during regulation. So now, uh, when we get into overtime, first team, to if you score a touchdown, this is what they're saying. If you score a touchdown, you've proven that you won the game. And then I hear, I understand the outcry of going, well, wait, Josh Allen was tearing it up last weekend. Doesn't he deserve a chance? And it's like, well, the way the, the rules are stated is his defense would have had to stop the other team. And if they can't stop the other team, they, Josh Allen does not deserve to get a chance at the football. Which because, statistically at the time, like I said, was the was the number one defense in the NFL. Go ahead. Right. So that was uh, over a coin flip. I like it. I like the sudden death aspect of it because there is a randomness to sport. Uh, there is a randomness to who wins the – that's why you have a, a coin flip because there's strategy there. If you didn't have a coin flip, like where does it end? In other words, it's I just like, told you where it ended. You you both get the ball, and then it, if it's still scored, sudden death. That's where it ends. Andy Reid from the Chiefs after the game agreed with that. He didn't think it was fair that Buffalo didn't get the ball back. I'll give you the final say. No, and, and I, I could be persuaded to that side. I, I just um, – the way it is now is very dramatic. It's very disappointing if you're on the other side. But they even asked Josh Allen, though, after the game. And he was like, if the roles were reverse, we'd be celebrating right now. So they asked him, was it unfair that you didn't get the ball? And and he, at that time, and this is right in the throes of the game, uh, right after the game, he seemed to say, hey, that, that, those are the rules we played the game under. So that's just the way that it is. We'll see you on the other side. Hey, it's Ron here with uh, Mitch Weeks from Mitch.Loans. He's the official mortgage guy of Ron and Don Nation. Mitch, I want to do a little case study with you. We have a client. We introduced him to you, and you guys headed off, who was like, I want to get a vacation property over in Suncadia or Ronald or that area. A lot of people are thinking about that right now. What are some good pointers for that type of thing? Like, I want to get a house on the island. I want to get a house in Suncadia. I want to get a house at a golf course. Maybe we'll go out to Orcas. You want that summer cabin or weekend cabin. Is that different than when you're buying your primary house? 
It is, yes. And it is slightly yes and no. So investment property rates right now, I don't know if you've heard, but they've skyrocketed. Banks are trying to phase out investment properties as much as they can because there's such a housing shortage in the U.S. Second homes don't count for that, which is huge. So if we can qualify it as a second home, Hmm. it's not quite a primary rate, but it's really close. And that is just has to be something substantially different, right? You can't buy two homes in Seattle that are basically the same and call one a second home. <laughs> right. One of them is going to have to be an investment property. But if you're buying on an island, you're buying up in Suncadia, which is the case of one of our clients. Yeah, you call it a second home. You still get a great rate. And, you know, you're happy with a place. you And you can still rent it out, just right. to be clear. It just can't be a pure investment property. It has to look like a vacation home. So a lot of people fantasize about this and they think, oh, maybe it's in a year, maybe Maybe it's in three years, maybe it's in five years, but getting this financial piece in order, in my mind, you should start now, even if you're like, hey, I'm thinking 2023. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you agree with that? Totally agree. Yeah. And I can't stress that enough. I'm willing to talk to anyone. So if you come and talk to me today and you say, I want to buy in two years, we'll put a plan together for how you can buy in two years. Right. Or we'll say, hey, it looks like you can buy in one year if that's interesting to you. I'm not going to pressure you, but financially you're sound. You can do it now. It's funny how many times once someone gets all their ducks in a row, that uh, opportunity presents itself. Right. Yeah. They're just softly looking um, at housing online and then they see one that pops and they go, man, I wish I was They go hang out with their friend at Sun Katie to play golf and it's like, wait, this two bedroom down the hallway from you is for sale right now? Maybe, maybe I buy that. I'm already pre-approved with Mitch. So uh, if you're thinking about and fantasizing about that, that weekend place, that second home somewhere for the family on the island, uh, get in touch with Mitch, Mitch.loans. I tell him you're with uh, Ron and Don show and you save half a percent on a new loan. So Mitch.loans, uh, check him out today. All right, you guys, welcome back to the final segment. Don't forget, if you need us, we do something called a Ronadon sit down. It's 45 minutes. It's virtual. And we appreciate all the people out there. Uh, like my friend Paul, for instance, he's a coach. He's also a cop. We helped him with a deal last year. And then he said, hey, my neighbors were watching you guys prepare my house to get sold and rent. And I want you to meet them. And then also a fellow officer of his, he said, uh, she and her husband are getting ready to buy a home over on the east side. They could use your help. And so I just want to thank Paul and Stacy for referring us to these two great clients. And that's the way it works, you guys. And now we owe Paul and Stacy a hell of a dinner. So I wonder where we'll go. They're on the east side. So I bet we'll be on the east side somewhere. So anyway, our thanks to them. It's a referral business. Thanks to you for referring us. Uh, and the Lee family, for instance, they're just a referral business in their own. Because I think we did 19 deals. <laughs> with uh, the Lee family last year. So thanks to the Lees. Thanks to the Arnolds for referring us. And thanks to you for allowing us to be your friends, your brokers, uh, and your real estate agents, you guys, and your broadcasters. It means, it means a lot to us. Let's talk a little bit quickly about real estate and inflation before we get out of here. Uh, I really doubled down on real estate a number of years ago. So I have a lot of my money, my personal money, working in the market, in the real estate market. I still have some money, uh, working on Main Street, and as well as on Wall Street. Uh, Ron, I know you pay uh, attention to Wall Street. Seems like there's a a correction here in the market. It also seems like some people are predicting a crash. We're not seeing a crash, but we're seeing that as volatile. Uh, And then people often wonder, what does that mean for housing? And then what does that mean for the cost of living and inflation? 
Is it just the fact that I, I order stuff and it can't get here because it's stuck on a boat somewhere? Or what's really going on here? What say you? Well, I'm, I'm working on a piece for the Ron and Don Nation news right now, and you can sign up at uh, ronanddon.com. That's our newsletter, and we don't we don't spam you or sell that the the list to anybody. And so I'm trying to unravel. I'm trying to think more deeply about what is expensive, what is cheap, and what fuels people in the way they think about these things. I've had several different people tell me over this past couple of week. I think three different clients, in fact, was like, "Oh my God, this is so expensive." And it can't keep doing this forever. Those are sort of the two emotions. What's so expensive? Housing. It's like, I'd like to buy this house, but it's so expensive right now. This is completely crazy. And it can't keep doing this forever. And so I said to myself, is that true? Well, what is fueling this? And is that true? Because emotionally, it's true. It feels that way. Uh, but is it actually true? And so I went back. I started looking uh, at, at real estate prices in the in King County, going back as far back as I could find, so I was able to get pr- the median price back to 1976. Oh, and so and why not 1776? They don't have it all the way back. Believe it or not, there's not a database back to 1776. Huh. So in 1976, not even microfish in 1776. <laughs> no. In 1976, <laughs> the median price of a house in King County. Was a hundred and four thousand dollars. I would have guessed one hundred and eighty. Wow. So it was one hundred and four thousand. Wow. By two thousand six, it was three hundred and seventy-seven thousand, I believe. Interesting. And then in two thousand, at the end of two thousand twenty-one, it's like eight hundred and sixty something. So now, Where, where's that house? That's what I want. Right, the eight hundred and something house. That's the but that's the median for all house types across King County. So that includes condos. That includes oh. it's not single family homes. That's all all yeah. all housing. Because if you took out condos and you well, just did single family that. homes, we we would be well away right. from, so, uh, above that number. It, it, you can't it it doesn't get that granular as you go that back in, in history. Okay. So my then I got to thinking, it's like, what did the person in nineteen seventy six think about that house price? What did the person in two thousand six think about that house price? And my my the vast majority, I believe, would say something like this. Are you crazy? $104,000? What, what is going on here? I'll that t- is incredible. When, when, when my parents bought their house, it was $18,000. I'll tell you where I was. 1976, I was nine years old. I'm standing in my driveway in Grandwood Park, uh, Illinois. My dad's a truck driver. And he just brought home these stickers called Happy Birthday America, Spirit of 1976, Mack Truck all over because you drove a Mack Truck because that's what you drive on a short haul. You know what I'm talking about. And our travel all at the time had rust spots all over it, even though we got it Rusty Jonesed because that's what you do when you live in the Midwest. You get your car Rusty Jonesed. Uh, we had all these rust spots. And so I remember spending a day taking the Spirit of 76 signs and covering up all the rust spots all over our travel all. So probably had about 15 or 20 of those stickers. And when we went to sell it, <laughs> they were impossible to get off. So and that's I, what I think of. 76, the Spirit of 76. The, Happy uh, birthday, America. Housing's, uh, housing in Illinois is different things. The, so, the, my, so pa- my, my parents' house there, they, they bought, we lived in track housing in Grandwood Park, and they bought that house for $17,000. When we moved out, it was worth thirty four. I looked at it online the other day. I was kind of surprised by this. It's worth $133,000. You can buy an incredible house right now, and you guys, 
in uh, north of Chicago in those bedroom communities up there where they have a lot of track housing and farmland. And that's where I was born and grew up. You, you can buy a pretty incredible house for under 200 grand. So, so I, I got to think, it's like, okay, what is, what is driving this? And, and I think that part of it is nostalgia. And part of it is you're always going to feel like you paid too much. So when, when I bought a, a house down in Burien a couple of years ago, I felt like I paid too much. Now I look back three years later and it's like, woo, I got, I got a deal. Um, I know that you felt like you paid too much. Uh, when you have bought house houses and then you look back and you go, I got a deal. So there's a, there's a mental gymnastics in a sense. And it, and it doesn't always grow up because when I look at this graph and when I finish this article uh, for the nation news, you're going to see there are times when housing went down from 1976 to now, there are dips in the market. One of them being the, the subprime housing crash uh, in 2008 to 2012. There's a pretty sizable dip there, but over time, as we look at this, uh, there's not going to, in my opinion, there's not going to be a, a time where it starts to go down. Uh, and if it is going down precipitously year over year over year, there are much larger problems that we're having as a society than just housing. So, yes, it feels expensive. Is it irrationally expensive? Maybe. I could be convinced of that right now. There are some crazy bidding wars happening on houses that I think it, I, I don't understand why it's getting that value. Uh, but as a rule, I think we can look at the data going back 50 years and see that housing traditionally in this market continues to become more and more valuable. Yeah, the houses that we're selling right now, we're trying to bring on now before the spring because the spring really becomes a springboard. A lot of agents hold real estate back until we get to the spring. The flowers are out. Homes just seem to sell for more. But right now, we are seeing inflated spring numbers because there is absolutely nothing for sale. Nothing. And as we told you last week, out in uh, Magnolia, for instance, which is over by the old fort, Fort Lawton, that incredible park over on the uh, western slope kind of of Seattle, uh, they are bringing... Um, <laughs> Homes are selling sometimes for $400,000 over because uh, there's only six homes for sale there right now. So if you have something to bring on, let's do it. Reach out to us. You can write Ron directly, ron at windermere.com, or I'm Don O'Neill at windermere.com, and we'll get in touch. Everything is at ronanddon.com. Sign up for the Nation News there. Uh, we'll send you an update once a week about what's happening in radio and real estate. As Ron said, we're not going to spam you. Also, hit subscribe. That helps us share the show with a lot of people that still don't even know, yeah, we heard you guys on Terrestrial Radio. We weren't aware uh, that you're doing a podcast now. And then also, if you want that buyer or seller's playbook, that's free of charge, and we're happy to send that to you before we do a 45-minute and we sit down together. Uh, it's called a virtual sit-down. And then we'll uh, come visit you if we decide we're going to be a good teammate. All right? So everything at ronanddon.com. He's Ron. I'm Don. Thanks for listening to the Ron and Don Show. Keep your head up, your shoulders back. And we'll see you next time, you guys, only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back. And keep blowing that trumpet. And we'll see you next time. Only. 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 Only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. <laughs>